One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hi, this is Nadine Deets, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have the great honor of sitting here with Julian Duncan, who is the CMO of the NFL Jacksonville Jaguars. Hi, Julian. Welcome to the show. Hello, Nadine. Nadine. I always say Nadine because I'm from the South and it's just such a Southern thing to say, but it's Nadine, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, I'm super excited for you to be here. You know, it's funny because everybody always does say my name, Nadine, Um, (laughs) and it's okay. You know, it's totally cool. I am French, so my mother always used to say, never let anybody call you Nadine. Your name is Nadine. (laughs) So uh, my name is Nadine, uh, but that's okay. Okay. Um, Okay. Anyways. Okay. Listen, we had such a cool day yesterday. We spent the whole afternoon with 40 of our closest friends hanging out, talking marketing and fun. How cool was that? It was amazing. I mean, just to be in that room with all those like marketing luminaries, it was it was crazy. And the way that you guys set it up so that people were like super relaxed, were able to let their hair down. I'm bald, so (laughs) it's my proverbial hair. But everybody was so relaxed, so forthcoming, sharing all these great anecdotes. It was Arguably, inarguably, actually the best kind of learning environment I've ever been in as a marketer. So it was it was phenomenal. Wow. Well, thank you for coming. I mean, your contribution was so huge. And when we got to the topic around inclusivity for innovation, I mean, you had some incredibly deep things uh, to share with the group. And and so I want to dig into those here today. Absolutely. Um, It was amazing. And so thanks for that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, just on that topic of inclusivity, it's a huge one. And like we we talked about the way you guys broke it out into, you know, what's working, what's not working and what's possible. One of the things that's working that we talked about is that people are actually talking about inclusion and inclusivity. Like the fact that it's on our lips is a great thing. But we have to take it a step further, right? We have to move it from being a check the box and move it towards us being intentional with our actions and making sure that it's hard coded in our DNA. One of the things that I shared with you guys yesterday is that with the Jaguars, one of our values is that every voice matters, irrespective of tenure or title, Mm -hmm. right? So we want to make sure that everybody has a seat at the table. Everybody has a voice and that everybody is heard. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to just agree with everything that's thrown out on the table. It has to make strategic and creative sense. But we want to make sure that all of those voices are being heard so that we can maximize our our potential with the output that we're trying to get after. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, that is that's such an important point on 
you know, making sure that it's hard coded in the DNA because mm-hmm. so often diversity is simply an action where inclusivity is cultural. Right. And so how do you create that culture of inclusion and not just say the words, but live it? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to dig in more with you on that. But first, let's back up for a second. Let's sure. talk about what your your role is today. And then I want to talk about how you got there. But please share also with the audience how you opened yesterday. I am excited that I am the first and currently the only black CMO in the NFL. So that is something that, uh, again, is exciting. I, it's a challenge, and it's it's a challenge that I willingly accept because I think that it shouldn't be that way. If you start thinking about the players on the field and how many of them look like me, how many of them are college graduates, how many of them have some sort of insight or connection to the world of media and or marketing and or business, the front offices should probably look a lot, a little bit different than the way that they look now. And so I count that as a personal uh, mission and opportunity of mine to help accelerate the transformation of that face of, uh, of uh, the front office. And, and honestly, marketing at large. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you start to think about you know, brands and some of the leading brands in the world and th- those top management teams, they're not quite a reflection of the communities that they serve. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a huge opportunity, not just for uh, us in the NFL, but also you know, in, in marketing and business at large. Yeah, absolutely. So what an honor and experience for me to be talking with you about this today. Mm-hmm. You know, when you first reached out to me and we started talking about your background, literally you took my heart with all the <laughs> things that you were talking about. And I was like, yeah. I, I just, I yeah. have got to know more about you. Mm-hmm. So share a little bit with everyone, you know, where, how you started and where you came from and your journey. Sure. And we've got time, so I'm going to take you back and I'll sprint you forward. Oh, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I'm originally, um, I'm from Houston, Texas, born and raised. I was a three-sport athlete growing up, football, basketball, and track. And one day I was walking uh, in high school and my football coach caught me in the hall and he said, Julian, how many six-foot-two power forwards do you see playing in, in college? I was like, not many. He's like, how many six-foot-two power forwards do you see playing in the NBA? I said, none. He's like, son, your future's in football. So, <laughs> so I doubled down on football. I earned a scholarship to Rice University down in Houston, Texas. When I finished there, I played football in the NFL Europe and in the Canadian Football League. My body started to fail, so I had to hang up the cleats and put my degree to work. Had a couple of odd jobs that basically were taking me down a road to nowhere. Some people that I played ball with and had gone to school with had said, hey, man, you should really consider going to get an MBA. So um, I did that. And while I was there, I decided, based on a conversation I had with one of my advisors, uh, he, he asked me, he said, why are you here? And at the time, you know, coming from a lower middle income family, I was just like, hey, I'm trying to make money. <laughs> like, I'm trying to, whoever's going to pay me the most money once I get this paper, this, this degree, that's where I'm going. And he said, well, if that's really why you're here, you should probably reconsider your place here. And I was like, what? I was kind of like, <laughs> I was a guest. I was like, what did you just say to me? But I mean, it, it, it was a seminal moment for me because he was, he basically coached me. He said, listen, yeah, you can earn some money, but you have to think about what every day is going to be like when you wake up. Are you going to be excited about the job that you're going, going to? Are you going to be passionate about it? Because, you know, if not, money may not be enough to satiate that desire for you. And so he took me through an exercise where we would start talking about my passions. Mm-hmm. And he said, just tell me what, you, what, you, what do you like to do, Julian? And, he's, and I told him, I was like, I like, I like sports. I like uh, eating cinnamon toast crunch cereal. 
I like video games. I like music. And then he said, all right, cool. So what are some of the brands that you favor within those places of passion? So in sports, you know, I went down the list. You know, it's Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, video games. It was like EA Sports, um, Microsoft, Xbox, places, just through that list. And he said, okay, now I want, I want to invite you to dive into each one of those brands, explore the culture that exists with, within each one of those brands, and then go through the mental exercise of saying, can you see yourself working for one of those brands, waking up every day, working on things that you're passionate about, growing and developing at those places? And it just blew my mind. And so that list, it went from being really, really huge. For those of you listening, I'm waving my arms. (laughs) (laughs) You have a very wide reach, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It went from being really, really like a huge circle of brands all the way down to just a couple. Wow. And at the center of that bullseye was Nike. Mm. And so what I did is it was like all systems go, like go after Nike. Do everything that you can to go earn a job there. I met up with Nike at a conference, interviewed with them on the spot, and I earned a role at Nike as a part of their marketing development program, which is a rotational program that over 24 months, it gives you a broad base of brand management experience. So every four to six months, you're doing something new and different. And so from there, I hung out with Nike for about 10 years, working on everything from Nike football to athletic training to sportswear. And my last job with them there was I was the brand director for the LeBron James business. We were a part of a team that worked with LeBron when he returned back to Cleveland from Miami. I determined that uh, it was time for me to experience something a little bit different after 10 years at the swoosh. And I jumped ship and I went over to Under Armour. And while I was at Under Armour, I was the uh, head of marketing for basketball around the world. So I went from working with LeBron to working with Steph, which was fun (laughs) because they've basically been ping-ponging the championship back and forth between themselves for the last few years. So I've been on on both sides there. And then Under Armour asked me to assume also the head of marketing for their global men's training business, where I got an opportunity to work with folks like uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Cam Newton, et cetera. Then about six months into that job, (laughs) they asked me to assume the head of global brand management and advertising, which was an amazing opportunity for me because I'm not an advertiser Mm -hmm. by trade. I'm more of a a jack of all trades. And then finally, one day the heavens opened and this job fell into my lap. And I feel like it was a true blessing that this job with the Jacksonville Jaguars as the chief marketing officer is a convergence of my passions. So I have... An insane passion for football, marketing, leadership. So check, check, check. Jaguars, here I come. Wow. So that's that's where I am today. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so so exciting. And uh, I just love sitting in front of you because you've got this, like, <laughs> giant smile as you're talking about all your adventures. So clearly you've taken so much goodness from each and every one of those experiences. Yeah. Before we jump into the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. you, said, you said so many important things. <laughs> but I really value the advice you just gave on truly understanding the culture of the company you want to work for before you actually try to work for them. It's critical. How did, tell tell me, how did you actually figure out what the culture was? What was your process in trying to understand that? Well, sure. So at that time it was 2006. So, you know, information was a little bit more difficult to come by then Mm -hmm. than it is now. So it was me picking up the phone 
trying to get a hold of somebody at Nike that would be willing to give me a couple of minutes to answer questions about the culture. Mm -hmm. It was me going through our alumni database to see if there were any people there uh, that went that went from Rice to to Nike that could give me some insight on like how are things really? Like I mm -hmm. see what what I'm finding in you know Fortune magazine or whatever. How much of that is actually real? So I need to know what what's really going on. So you pull and get all the information that you can from different mm -hmm. places, but you honestly never really, really know until you get on the inside. But you got to do your due diligence. Now, fast forward to today, where thanks to the advent of technology and these supercomputers that we carry around in our pockets, the culture of a company is really easy to kind of discern. Mm -hmm. The information is out there. So you just have to move beyond your affinity for the brand mm -hmm. to really ascertain whether or not that's a place that I want to go work at. How does the leadership behave? What's the type of work they're putting out? Who Who's their consumer? How connected to culture are they? Like broader culture, like all those things kind of matter in any insight and information you could get on like things that may seem as benign as like, what does their work day look like? Mm -hmm. You know, are they are they phones down after six o'clock or whatever? Or are they always on? Like those are things that you kind of need to know yeah. or get a sense or a feel for before you get there because you don't want to be surprised <laughs> when you get there. It's like, oh, this is what it is. <laughs> like now you're headed down a road of potential career misery, right. as it were. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so many things I want to ask you about in there. And I'm going to come back to your time at Nike later because you, you also shared an interesting story about how you really got an opportunity to reshape the direction. Right. And because of the tax that they took to sure. include you in the conversation. So, mm -hmm. we'll come back to that. Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, though. Yeah. Okay. Tell me. This is a cool, cool job. And I was amazed when you started telling me about all the things you're responsible for. So, Lay it on. Yeah. So it it's like, it's the most awesome marketing job in the NFL, hands down. Here's why. We are, we have a portfolio of things that we are responsible for. The Jacksonville Jaguars are, are, are number one, hands down. But we also have a football club in London, uh, the Fulham Football Club. We also have, we're in the concert business. So we have Daly's Place, which is an amphitheater connected to our stadium. So I'm in the concert biz now. We are also at the forefront of redevelopment in Jacksonville. So we're leading the creation of an entertainment district on the waterfront in Jacksonville. We have a team with boots on the ground in London that are working to help to uh, drive the, the gospel of football on the ground in London. It's an incredible portfolio of things for us to think about and have fun with on a daily basis. So like literally every day that I come into the office, it's different, mm -hmm. which is super stimulating for a guy like me. Like, you know, my team always says, all right, JD, stop, stop looking at the shiny object. You know, they have <laughs> it's like focus over here, over here. But it's, it's a really cool experience and a really cool environment to, to be in as a, as a leader and as a marketer. It well, keeps me sharp, keeps me on my toes for sure. Okay, yeah. so much to dig into, but I have to, I have to, I I have to ask this question because it's yeah. so funny. When I was talking to you on the phone a few, was it two months ago? Yep. You were talking about shiny objects lining your office. What are those things? <laughs> yeah. So in in the window of my office, I have these little figurines. They're called Funko Pop, and so they're basically they're they're dolls, little dolls taken from pop culture. So whether it's movies, comic books 
video games. They take these, they take those figures, those characters, and they shrink them down, and they give them these really big heads, <laughs> and they're just like all lighting my window. And I did it on purpose, number one, because I'm a little bit of a geek. I, I love, <laughs> you know, I love everything from comic books to science fiction to mythology, specifically Greek and Roman. We can talk about that if you want to. Um, but lining my window, you've got like. Thanos from the Avengers movie and Batman and Ken and Ryu from Street Fighter and Black Panther and the figure from the God of War. Like, But all of these things are fun to me and they are little bitty pieces of me. I love that. <laughs> so I, I want to see your office. Yeah, Can you, you take a picture and send it to me? Done I, deal. I got to see it. Done that deal. sounds so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to divert. But no, that was, pop I, culture. <laughs> I love pop culture. Like real quick. So I love pop culture and my wife, she hates playing against me in uh, Taboo. Oh, gosh. Because she says, you are so full of random pop culture <laughs> foolishness that it makes you so deadly at like games like, you know, whether it's Cranium or like uh, Taboo. Oh, my gosh. Well, that might be the name of your podcast, Deadly at Taboo. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. <laughs> love it. Love it. So technically, you are marketing a sports team. Mm-hmm. An entertainment center, mm-hmm. a redevelopment project, mm-hmm. a concert place, mm-hmm. a football club in London. Mm-hmm. That's that's like eight jobs, yeah, at least. Yeah. Like, what? How do you do it all? Well, I have our president is fantastic, right? So I'm only four months into the job, and so I, I knew going in that everything that you just said, like that, is the job. But our president, Mark Lamping, he's done a great job of saying, "Listen." Make sure you're focusing on the core biz right now, like mm-hmm. the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's priority number one. We will help you get up to speed on not only that, but everything else. Mm-hmm. When he told me that on day one, that let me know that I was one of the things that, that let me know that I was in the right place. Mm-hmm. Right. Because while I'm getting thrown into the water, they're jumping in the water with me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have any sense that I am sinking or that, you know, I am being overwhelmed because I've got great leadership, and I've got great partners amongst my peers that are looking out for me and helping me get up to speed on those other things. It's a slow and measured approach, which I find pretty refreshing and awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about London for a second. Sure. So tell me about being the the gospel of football in London. What's that like? What are you yeah. trying to do there? Yeah, it's about, it's about expanding the energy of the game, right? Mm-hmm. And also about expanding the brand of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Since the International Series started, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the only franchise that has played in every single game in the International Series over the last few years, which we that's a, we find that as a source of pride, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we are happy and excited to be at the tip of the spear in the vanguard for football over there in London. And we're, we're proud to call London our home, away from home. You know, we love the fans over there. They receive us with open arms. Now, we are also understand that, you know, soccer, as we call it here, mm-hmm. it's, it's the big straw that stirs the drink over there. Like, it's right. a part of their culture. But the Jags are really excited about being a part of this new wave, this, this new culture that continues to grow as the game at, like, at large uh, continues to grow in its scope and scale around the world. So this past year was my first opportunity to go over and check out the Jaguars in London and to see the the energy and the reception. It's just next level. You know, I played football in NFL Europe, so I've always known that the energy for football was kind of, it's there. Mm-hmm. People like really, like even though they might not know exactly what they're seeing yeah. and they don't know all the rules. And honestly, I play the game and I don't always know all the rules. <laughs> So I can only imagine how they feel. But like they really love the fact that we love them. 
and they return that in kind. So we've got an amazing squad over there making sure that we are building the right relationships, that we're listening to the consumers and the culture over there so that we find a soft and fertile ground for us to kind of land in over there. So it's it's exciting for our for our future just like as a as a as a team to be a presence over there. Wow. Yeah. Okay, super. Well, hopefully one day I'll have the uh, joy of witnessing that for myself. Come on over. Hey, anytime. We got you. All right. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. We I'm there you. and I'll be I'll be a big fan. So, All right. cool. All right, let's come back to uh, we went global, let's come back local. So, tell me about the boots on the ground here in Jacksonville. Within my purview in Jacksonville, we have a full brand, business and football operations team. So, my team consists of brand design and creative uh, advertising, social and digital, branded entertainment, which is everything from our street team to our mascot to our cheerleaders, and also just like in-game experience. So we have the largest video boards, outdoor video boards in the NFL, and it is like super high definition, 8K. So like we we create new content for every home game. So it's a really uh, huge undertaking from a content creation standpoint that we also help to drive as well. So it's a full integrated marketing offense that we drive at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, super yeah. cool. So, gosh, I have like five questions, but I'm okay, <laughs> I'm going to do it two. One is we keep hearing and especially with CES just a few weeks behind us sure. here, you know, the integration of AR VR into every experience. Huge. Like how how are you looking at that? Can you share anything about that? Absolutely. So, we we're huge on on being progressive the Jags, especially as it relates to our in-game experience for our consumers and fans. If you go back in our history, like, you know, the team, this was before I got there, you know, there, there are swimming pools or spas, as we call them, in the stands. Wow. <laughs> like in the corners of the end zone. And it's it's amazing because, you know, from outside looking in, you're like, wait a minute, a spa in a pool in a state? Yes, a spa in a pool because it's it's so much about what like Jacksonville is all about. We've got amazing water, amazing beaches. So it's almost like taking a piece of the city and bringing it into wow. the stadium. So before, I don't think that anybody had ever done that before the Jags. So we pride ourselves on being progressive. Now move that over to the things that you just mentioned, AR, VR. Like we're actively pursuing partnerships and ideas and strategies aligned with that because we want to use those things not just for the sake of having cool shiny toys to play with Mm -hmm. but we want to enhance the fan experience we want them to say i'm going to the jacksonville jaguars football game number one because they're an awesome football team number two because i'm going to have an amazing experience that i can't get anywhere else right and so Mm -hmm. like that's what ar vr and things like of that nature can Uh, Mm -hmm. allow us an opportunity to do, right? I kind of couple that with, I I couple technology also with data, right? Right. So like leveraging data and combining that with deep insight so that you're really attacking pain points and friction points for consumers, get those pain points and friction points out of the way so Mm -hmm. that they can have like this amazing next level experience. So that's definitely on on the table uh, for us and like at the forefront of our marketing offense. I love that. The frictionless experience, and uh, we've talked about that before on the show because it's so important, is removing those points of friction. Well, think about it. Like, when you go to a game, Mm -hmm. right, there's approximately 69,999 other people that are going as well, (laughs) (laughs) right? So it's a 70,000-seat stadium. Now, you're you're driving, you're already fighting traffic. That's a friction point that we might not be able to do a whole lot about. Mm -hmm. But when you park, you know, parking can be a friction point. Mm -hmm. The queue or the line to get into the stadium can be a friction point. Finding, navigating your way to the seat. Those are all things that I think as 
fans, mm-hmm. we we just kind of accept as like, okay, there's a lot of people, this is going to happen. But like as the brand, we have to think about those things and say, well, wait a minute, does it have to be this way? Mm-hmm. Are there things that we can do to actually move things out of the way so that people can have a better experience? And we are actively working against those things to, to help it, it enhance that fan experience. I love it. Okay, we're going to go deeper on that later. Uh, we are we're getting close to the end here, which is really a pity because there's so much to talk oh, about. No. I know, I know, but we're going to go as far as we can. Okay, my second question: yeah. How does this work with the other NFL teams? Like, do you do you guys all operate super independently? Do yeah. you come together, like collaborate? Do you watch Game of Thrones? I should. I know everybody in the world does. I I don't watch any TV, hardly any, actually, because I don't have time. It's a little Game of Thrones-ish, a little bit. Like, in that there is an overarching kind of body, and then you have these kingdoms and families within it. And so we are part of—we have our own kingdom and family. But we do work collaboratively with other teams across the league, right? The same way that we had that great session yesterday, Mm -hmm. we come together as marketing because we realize that even though we're all competing, there's a rising tide that should lift the big boat of football. And like we can Mm -hmm. only do that if we're collaborative and we we work together. So it's this really fun and interesting competitive yet collaborative relationship that we have with, with other teams like we're all friends. I mean, and in a lot of ways, it's like the same thing that you see happening on the football field. Because a lot of these guys, they went to school together. Some of them are related to each other. They've been pl- Some of them have played against each other since high school. And so, yes, while they're wearing different colors, they mm-hmm. all uh, respect the fact that they're a part of the one family called the NFL. Okay, wow. All right, let's come back to you. Sure. Some of your experiences and your tips for success. I mean, you, you started us off with some incredible tips, so yeah. thank you for that. What great guidance for people who are trying to navigate their career. Sure. But anything else come to mind? I mean, what 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 would you say to somebody who came to you and said, hey, I want to be like you? Yeah. Well, how would you counsel them? Yeah, it's it's funny that you asked that because I, I kind of stumbled into a, a plan. Like, I, the only plan I had when I was coming into the game was to be awesome. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be great at whatever it is I, I set my hands to. Now, when I take a look back on things, I can kind of point to a few things that have, have led me to where I am today, sitting across the, the table from you. One of those things, and this is kind of, um, I'm paraphrasing it, it's kind of attributed to Shakespeare. The line is, know thyself and to thine self be true. And so that, to me is just a challenge to always be bring your authentic self to the table because that is key to differentiating you from from everybody else. The other thing is know the time and score. <clears throat> so in sports it's called situational awareness. In corporate America it's called understanding what the strategy is of the company. So that way you can guide your energy, your efforts, your strategic and creative thinking toward that end. If your company's turning left, you probably don't want to turn right because you're going to get left behind. The next thing is, and this is, I'm talking, we're talking to marketers, we're we're amongst family here, avoiding hubris. So we marketers, especially when we, when we win, we tend to think that we know it all. If you follow that path, that's going to take you down the wrong way, right? And it's a, it's a dead end and you crash and burn. We have to avoid hubris by listening to the voice of the consumer. We have to have open ears to hear and learn and understand what's really going on with them and pay attention to their behaviors, their attitudes, and their mindsets. It's not enough just to say, hey, I've got all the big data in the world. I know it all. I'm good. No, you have to take that data and you have to collide it with insight, deep insight. I think Musa talked about this a little bit in his podcast. Mm -hmm. 
you got to collide those two things together so that you can make sure that you are on point, like, and be a lifelong learner, be, the, be that sponge, right? The next one is, this one's pretty cliche, but it's true and powerful. Tell a great story. <laughs> like, really understand that every product that you have as a marketer, there is a story behind it. If you think about the world of sneakers, for example, sneakers are just rubber and textile. They are. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a deeper story that Nike tells, that Adidas tells, that Under Armour tells, that helps to create separation from the rest of the pack. A great story can take your product and your brand and lift it from the place of like a commodity and actually make it premium. And then the last and final thing is become famous for something, right? (laughs) Whether that is being a leader within a specific initiative, whether that's being a great support system within an initiative. For me, I became famous for two reasons throughout my career. One, I was labeled an energy guy. And so when I first heard that from my mentor, I was like, I don't want to be an energy guy, man. Like everybody else had these other cool monikers, <laughs> smartest in the room, hardest working, most dedicated energy guy. So it's because I had a miss, I had the wrong thinking about what being an energy guy was. It's not being a cheerleader. Being an energy guy is being the guy that can take a vision, right, or something complicated demystify it, simplify it, get it, like share it with others and rally everybody around that cause and lead them to victory. Like when he broke it down to me that way, I was like, yo, I'm an energy guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I accept that, you know what I'm saying? So, and that is something that I've always kind of kept in the scopes for me. I've embraced it, held it close to the chest and I'm always driving towards that. And the other thing that I've become famous for and not not famous in a vain sense, right? This is just like what I'm known for. This is your brand. It's your brand. It's being a consumer first guy. Always looking to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on with the consumer in the, in the case of where I am now with Jacksonville, the fan, and understanding what kind of moves the needle for them. Um, that's so critical. And it goes back to that thing around avoiding hubris and being able to listen. That is so key yeah. to being like a consumer first individual. That's awesome. Yeah. You reminded me, it was a very sensitive and sad and touching subject. Sure. Um, but when you said become famous for something, which is very important. I mean, everybody needs a personal brand. Mm-hmm. The story that we heard yesterday from Jim Stengel mm. about his new hero that he realized yes, well, two days ago. Yeah, now, 40 hours ago. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't somebody who you would probably have heard of in, but was a very powerful, important person at Procter and Gamble and who had just passed away right. because she was a mentor to so many people and always gave them courage and spirit and lifted them up yep. in however she could. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've won, Jim, if you're listening, thanks for sharing that story. I think you touched all of us. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And secondly, you've talked about some great me- mentors in your life. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody you want to share any stories on how mentoring has helped you? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, coming up in the, in the game, I was invited or included in some conversations that based on my tenure, I probably shouldn't have been a part of. But, and this kind of goes back to the very tip top of our conversation around chasing your passion and Mm -hmm. letting that passion get you to like your place of purpose, right? My passion for football opened the door for me to actually have a seat at the table with a group of senior executives where, again, based on my tenure, I, I probably didn't have any quote unquote right to be there. But my passion opened that door for me and they Mm -hmm. invited me to the table. They invited me to bring the consumer to life 
and show the room. And the room was comprised of the president at the time and the chief marketing officer at the time at Nike. They asked, they invited me to bring the consumer to life uh, and to do so not only through anecdotes, but also through research and data. And I did that. And I, I said some things in that conversation that were really, really raw. But I'm glad I did it, though, because they hadn't been exposed to that at that time. Mm-hmm. And because I was able to give them that information, although it was raw, I gave it to them in a way that they were able to digest it. That opened the door for me in the future experiences that I had at Nike. And that was something that, like I said, I became, quote unquote, famous for. And mm-hmm. people still you know, talked about, you know, even when I left a couple of years ago. So shout out to Lauren Hoppus and, and that team for, <clears throat> for, for giving me a seat at the table. Charlie Denson. Those guys are, are forever kind of in my heart in my, and in my mind for giving me that seat at the table early on. That's awesome. Yep. Oh, my gosh. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> you know, I, this is the worst part oh, of the man. whole show is when I have to stop talking. But, yeah. um, uh, well, not me stop talking. Stop talking to you, I should say, because yeah. it's all about you and your story. So yeah. fascinating. But, unfortunately, we are out of time. Oh, so, okay. I know. So, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll give you an opportunity to say anything and everything that you want to say to anyone. Okay. And then I have one final question for you. Is that final question, what would I be doing if I wasn't in marketing? Yes. <laughs> You're listening. I am listening. I love I your show. Thank you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, okay. I'll say what I, what's on my heart real quick, and then I'll answer your okay. the last question. So, you know, I'm really excited to be a part of your family now because I have a burning passion to increase the levels of minority participation in, in marketing at the highest level, at the senior levels, at the decision-making levels. And I want... If there's another Julian Duncan, if there's another JD growing up in the the inner city of any city USA, I want them to know that this is possible. Mm -hmm. I want them to know that there are other people like myself in industry leading and that they can do it too. I want them to know that if you can't throw a football, but you love football, if you can't shoot a basketball, but you love basketball, you can still be a part of the games. But you can do so from other places and you can do so at the highest level in seats of leadership. It's possible. And that's what, again, that's, I have a burning passion for that. And that's one of the messages that I want to make sure gets out there. Mm-hmm. And I want to do my part to help accelerate that conversation and accelerate the matriculation of those minority individuals into those positions. So thank you for allowing me the opportunity to you know, even say that. Oh, um, my God. The, thank you for sharing that. I support yeah. you. Anything I can do to help you in that mission, I will. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Now, what would I be doing? Yes. (laughs) I don't even have to ask the question. Yeah, last thing, and I'm going to get out of here. Um, I love music. I grew up with music all around me. My dad was a DJ, and he actually passed the tricks of the trade along to me. I played trombone in middle school. I even played drums growing up in church. So if I wasn't doing what I'm doing today, I would be in a band. I would be either the drummer or the bass player in a, in the band. The drummers drummers are just cool, period, like across <laughs> the board. And not because I was one, but like they just are. It's the best. But there's something super cool about a bass player. So the next time you're watching a live band, watch the bass player because he's just like cool and thumping and <laughs> strumming along. And they always have the coolest bop to them on, on stage. So like that's what I would be doing if I wasn't. <laughs> 
In marketing, and it wasn't the CMO. <laughs> well, we're going to have to create a scenario where you can get up and live out that dream and All see right. how you do. Let's so you go. Start practicing. Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> Something tells me that even if you don't know how to play anything at all, you're just going to look cool up I'm there. I'm going to fake it till I make it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, Julian, thank you so much for being part of this thank show. You for and me. being part of yesterday, being part of this family, like you said. I mean, it is such an honor to know you. And uh, I... Like I said, I'm a huge fan of yours, so thanks for being here. Thank you very much, and go Jags. Yeah, go Jags. <laughs> hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming, to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.